This show is brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app you need to dominate fantasy football and become your own expert. In this app is fantasy player cards with every single fantasy viable stat, fantasy player grades, usage charts, start sit tools, who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every stat and advanced stat you need, including stats you can only find at Brodo Fantasy that are proven winning stats, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup ranking. All this and more is available right now for free. All you have to do is go to anywhere you download apps and type in Fantasy Football by Brodo, and you just download it and become your own expert. Dominate your fantasy leagues with the only tool you need today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. Week one is in the books, and we are cooking. Me and Michael together again. Michael's back from Vegas here with us. What's good, Mike? What's going on, Tim? Yeah, Vegas was a... Fun time. I was able to catch all the games, though. We were at the Circa Sportsbook pool yesterday, watching oh all the games. Sounds like a um, place I want to be. Yeah, it was a tremendous time. I mean, as you guys know, most of you know, or if you're just finding out, I go there every year for work. So I always end up missing week one for the podcast, but glad to be back. And you and uh, I listened to yours and Matt's podcast on the plane ride. It's good stuff. So, speaking of that podcast, we do want to have a little programming note. I will tell you this, that technology was not our friend this week. Um, technology is letting us down. I'm sorry, because technology is letting you de- letting us down, um, we got to unfortunately break the news that apologies for the Apple listeners out there who listen on Apple Podcasts. Apparently, our last, the, the, the Thursday preview show did not upload to Apple Podcasts. Sunday preview. Sunday preview. Uh, yeah, for for Sunday, on Thursday. So, very, like, uh, we don't know what happened. Uh, we're getting to the bottom of it. We, to be honest, we hope we got to the bottom of it, but we are not even sure that this is going to post when it's time, so hopefully it does post. Um, we saw, like, the, you know, we saw the, the numbers. We're like, what the hell happened? No one likes us anymore? And then, and then someone in the Discord uh, said, oh, this didn't even show up on Apple on Apple Podcasts. So, apologies to those who listened who did not hear that. You would have hear you would have heard some gems like Star Cream Hunt and Star Jahan Dotson. Um, so it's unfortunate if you did not get a chance to get that. But we were available. We're always available on SoundCloud. Um, if it doesn't drop, we there's no. We're never gonna miss a week without at least giving you a heads up. And we're never gonna miss a week in general unless there's some crazy thing that happens. So, um, yeah. Another thing, the app. Usage stats are live right now, but unfortunately, the rookies are just not available quite yet. It's a technical difficulty. It's a technical issue. Um, so the rookies are not available. And I'm sorry, to, I'm sorry to say three things. I can't believe three things happened to us. Um, Crunch Time Live, which is our Sunday live show before the, the it's the start sh- sit show. Uh, that was scheduled to take place at 11.15 Eastern time. And then we got on there and 
my my vocals just were not coming through. We did every sort of intervention that we could have. Uh, we spent a crazy amount of time trying to fix it. It got and it just it just never happened. But we're gonna be back with crunch time again for week two, and that's again our Sunday live show, which you can catch on YouTube, or you can catch on Twitter, or you can catch on the app. So apologies uh, from us to you. Hopefully. Uh, the people who did listen to us took our advice and started guys like Kareem Hunt and started guys like that. But it's it's Monday. It's Monday. So it's the first Monday of the season. And right now, by the way, as you know, as tradition calls for, we are watching the game live, having live reactions, uh, watching Geno Smith right now Put torch work. this Denver secondary. It is a uh, three forty five in the first right now. Seattle's up seven. Three. Rashad Penny putting in work too. One of my uh, yeah. my favorite late round guys this year. The Seahawks, uh, yeah, the Seahawks putting in a little work right now. So inter- interesting to see. Let's see how long this lasts uh, as we podcast. Uh, but we're going to be going over uh, everything that happened in the in the last week. Well, as, as me, at least as much as we can. Uh, but the special thing about this special Monday is that it's the first Monday, so you can't help but overreact. To anything that may have been happening. If anyone freak out out there, okay? We've got to keep our composure. We've got too far. There's too much to lose. We've got to keep our composure. All right, Michael. <laughs> we got to keep our composure. That's, Which one that of movie, these? Old school. For those who haven't seen it, if you're if you haven't seen it, you're either too young, which means you should watch it because it's a classic, or you suck at watching movies. I will say this. If you're older. I will say so this. So watch it. You, when's the last time you saw it? Be honest. Uh, a couple of years ago, I think. It's a completely different vibe when you watch it as a young man and then you watch it as an adult with like a kid married like and like living a, like a life. It's like you, you watched you're, it uh, from the... Vince Vaughn. Right. You watched it from the perspective of the kid almost and then you watch it. It's a whole different movie. And you could like appreciate it in a whole different way. But anyway, speaking of appreciating things in a different way, these are our Monday overreactions, some overreactions that we see throughout the, the fantasy world, throughout Twitter, throughout wherever it may be. And we're telling you, hey, hey, ease up, ease up. Keep your composure here. All right? Don't 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 let don't it go, go too crazy. far. Michael, what's your keep your composure Monday overreaction? My keep your composure Monday overreaction. New segment, by the way. Yeah, I mean, this is only the one week that we're going to do it. <laughs> so. um, is that the cards aren't toast? Mm, the cards aren't toast. I got to say, like, I'm one of those having that overreaction that the Cardinals are toast. I'm worried about my Kyler Murray Look, uh, stock. I'm worried about it. The Cardinals got dominated by the Chiefs, but dominated by the Chiefs is something that happens a lot these days. And the Card- if you remember last year, the Packers lost to the Saints like 38-3 to or some crazy shit like that in week one. The Packers ended up being one of the best teams in the league. The Saints didn't even make the playoffs. Like, things happen in week one. The Chiefs and Andy Reid. Andy Reid basically doesn't lose after bye weeks because he's great at preparing for football games. Week one, he's been preparing for this for months. Yeah, He's had months to prepare for the Arizona Cardinals. No DeAndre Hopkins, no Rondell Moore. Look, I'm just I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh, the the Cardinals are told. There's people who think the Cardinals have no shot at the playoffs now this year. I've seen some crazy shit on Twitter and around saying, oh, Kyler Murray 
you know, the Call of Duty shit is catching up to him, things like that. Look, I'm not I'm not going too crazy about week one. Kyler Murray, uh, I mean, him and Hollywood Brown at least salvaged their days a little bit by scoring that late touchdown. Um, James Conner even scored a rushing touchdown. I'm not going crazy about the Cardinals. I think they're going to continue to be a good offense. And just because they got blown out by the Chiefs, the best team in the league, arguably, I'm not going to act like the, the Cardinals are now a team that you should be fading. Uh, I like that. I like that, Michael. Although I'm I'm worried because the Cardinals are not the same team because they have all these injuries. They're not the Cardinals. Like if I was fading, they're you're just fading the jerseys at this point because it's not the same guys in the jerseys, and that's what makes me nervous. Yeah, I mean DeAndre Hopkins will come back eventually, but they knew they weren't going to have him the first six weeks. Speaking of the guys in the jerseys. I also have a hold, 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 hold your horses on a team that looked terrible. And you mentioned this team looked terrible week one last year, too. It was the Green Bay Packers. Look, I don't know if you watched the game. Yeah, I don't know if you watched the game. But in the uh, the second play of the game, I'm sorry, maybe it was the first pass of the game. Aaron Rodgers threw a beautiful, lovely 75 yard bomb to Mr. Christian Watson, the rookie at a North Dakota State University, and in stride, it fell right into his hands and then right out. It was an egregious drop, and I think that kind of, like, sets a tone. You know what I mean? That kind of, like, makes makes it so that, I don't know, there's no trust. And you saw it in Aaron Rodgers' face right away. Like, it was kind of like, oh, this is, like, I'm getting an early taste of what this is going to be. And to be honest, I'm not giving up on the Packers because there's a few reasons. Number one, I think that the Packers are historically a team that starts slow. I think that that's just a, a product of their head coach. I think their head coach is a guy who is not really worried about week one as much as it is like he's going to put the analytics together and, and start developing game plans when there's actual data against the teams. Like the, the, there's, They've been a slow starting team since LaFleur has gotten there. I don't, think that's a, I don't think that's a mistake. I don't think it's an accident. Number two, Alan Lazard is not there. Stock up Alan Lazard, all right? If you've known this, you know that we have a segment stock up. He didn't make it, but stock up Alan Lazard because I think there's no doubt about the fact that Alan Lazard took a giant leap forward um, in the rankings of who do you think is going to be Aaron Rodgers' number one target because everyone else couldn't couldn't do anything with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. So, And then also Aaron Jones is not going to be as inefficient as he was, Aaron Jones is known for having some of these games. That's that's one of the risks you take with Aaron Jones. Uh, he does bust uh, often. That's uh, what she said. <laughs> uh, yo, my kid is obsessed with the with the office, the baby office book. Like nice. Dennis is obsessed with it now, but he he doesn't like me reading it. He just looks at the he likes to look at the faces, at the funny faces. Nice. One of the I really want to read it though. It's it's really well done. Like it's yeah. Really well. I mean, I think, Tim, you remember me just sitting in uh, your wife's chair that she sits yeah. in, <laughs> just reading the office book yeah, during well, like everyone, a party. Yeah, well, everyone was having a party. <laughs> Michael was reading the office book for three-year-olds. Yep. Um, but that's, you know, if you, if you know Michael, you know why. Uh, yeah, but the, I mean, the Packers are not done by a long shot. I think that people who are over, you know, you're just putting more. These are rookies, too. Like I'm, I don't even think Christian Watson's done. I don't really, I don't necessarily think that. I don't, I don't necessarily think uh, Romeo Dobbs is done. I think that these guys have 
legitimate path to success at some point this season and just not in the first game of the year. So, I mean, how are you feeling about the Packers, Michael? Are you, like, kind of on the same page as me, or is it like... I mean, I thought it was an abysmal performance, um, to put it lightly. Jason actually wanted to, but it was uh, too late. He wanted to go bet the the Vikings minus 15.5 alternate spread. Mm. He thought the Vikings were going to basically blow out the Packers, and that did happen. He was upset about that, that he wasn't able to put that bet in. But, yeah, and like you said last year, and I said they got demolished by the Saints week one as well. I'm not entirely shocked. I feel like they'll be okay, but someone's going to have to step up, whether it be Lazard, whether it be Christian Watson, maybe Romeo Dubs, maybe Robert Tunyon steps up. But, um, yeah, I do think they're going to need Alan Lazard to be pretty darn good um, upon his return. Or then then it's time to start panicking a little bit because that passing offense did not look good at all. All right, Michael, real quick, we got some overreactions from the patrons. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rail them off. You just say, is it an overreaction or is it true? And then you go from there. And they just, they may keep it to like a, a little bit of an explanation. I was going to say no explanation, just a little one. Uh, TJ Hawkinson sucks. I mean, kind of, kind of a I'm, fact. I'm glad I wasn't you know drafting him because the sun god, because the sun god is taking everything and he isn't apologizing. Yeah, shout the sun god. I'm in Ross St. Brown, continuing what he did last year, scoring a touchdown and seeing 12 targets. I think that was his eighth game in a row, seeing 12 or more targets. This guy has just been a He's been automatic. Uh, boy, it's, I mean, Case says Alvin Kamara not being used the way he has been in the past. That was a little concerning. And then I saw a report that Kamara was dealing with a little bit of an injury and he thinks he'll be fine. So I was like, that kind of makes sense if he got hurt during the game and which led to him playing a little bit less. But we'll see week two. I don't think it's much of an overreaction, but the Colts should have stuck with Wentz. Can I can I say something about this one? Shoot. Yeah, I mean, not only that, like all these people saying that, oh, it's the Colts have upgraded a quarterback so much. Like we've been telling you, and if you're a patron, you already know because we talk about it on the Patreon all the time that Carson Wentz had a higher true throw value than Matt Ryan did last year. Carson Wentz's balls were more valuable, <laughs> where throws were more valuable <laughs> last year. So I don't know. Matt Ryan played shitty. He just he he did what he he did Matt Ryan things. He played really shitty. And Carson Wentz lit the world on fire. We'll talk a little bit more about Carson Wentz. But I don't think it's an overreaction. I would have stuck with Wentz. Uh, no one's going to convince me that Carson Wentz is like better than Matt Ryan. At worst, they're equal. So, no, it's week one. I'm not I'm not going to agree with that. Yeah, one's on the, on the down climb. Uh, the down Justin climb Jefferson. <laughs> Justin Jefferson. Uh, Jake from IT says, J. Jeff will be the number one overall fantasy player. That's not an overreaction. That's a great possibility. That man is an absolutely unreal human. Uh, it's, it's Big Will. Big Will says, it's difficult for me to say this as a homer, but I got to say this even though the Giants won. I'm happy. What the hell is happening with Kadarius Tony? 12% of snaps. Bro, I, I don't know. I think it's an injury issue. Uh, from everything I've heard, it's an injury issue. There, it, The way that he was used to, it's, like, it's not like they didn't play him at all. They got him on the field. They gave him a couple handoffs. I think that they're just like... Easing him in. I don't know about that. He hasn't been dealing with an injury. They said he's been dealing with an injury. Has he been? A soft tissue. Of course he has. He's Kadarius Tony. I'm not buying it either way. He was active. He should have been playing if they actually like him. Kai TJ says, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith cannot thrive together. 
that might be true. I'm not going to say it just yet. Um, if A.J. Brown continues to get 40% of targets, then that would certainly be um, certainly be concerning. But they're going to play defenses better than the Detroit Lions defense, and they're going to need contributors outside of A.J. Brown at some point. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything about Kadarius Toney being injured. Anywhere. I heard that on uh, on a podcast that I don't want to give anyone else. The podcast that you listen to is probably someone who's been podcast. telling you to draft Kadarius Toney all year and is trying to make excuses well, no, it's, now. It's the best in the business, you know what I mean? But it's... Uh the ballers, you know. I'll, I'll say it. Listen to the ballers this morning. <laughs> They're the only guys I listen to, and uh, I like I like um, JJ Zacharyson. If we're just throwing names out there, um, Maldo, the Don, the OG himself, Swift will lead the Lions to the division. Nope. That's nice an over- try. That's an overreaction, my guy. Absolutely no. Especially in the game they lost. Right. <laughs> that they were getting demolished, and yeah, they put up some points, but they still. We're basically getting demolished the entire time. Everything's bigger in Texas, even the overreactions. <laughs> and uh, last one. I know that. Oh, no. Alexander the Great, one of, by the way, back-to-back champion in the Brodo Dynasty League. Impressive feats. Impressive feats. Aaron Rodgers is overrated. I think we just talked about that. I think that's an overreaction. All right. With that being said, we have a ton and a half a ton and a half, maybe a ton and three quarters of injury news to get to. So let's check in with Mr. Donnie H and get into these headlines. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Oh, man, Donnie H, we missed you. you. Did you hear Johnny H get dropped on a Thursday show? Good old Donnie H. Those Apple listeners will never hear Donnie H on a Thursday show. What? Come on, man. Well, Apple, pick up your shit. We're also on Spotify and SoundCloud if you uh, yeah. if you want to catch up on that. Yes, I already told the guys. I, I told everyone that. Thank you very much. All right. SoundCloud. So, <laughs> um, Elijah Mitchell, man, they put him on injured reserve. Oh, man, expected to uh, miss eight weeks but does not need surgery. It's a sprained MCL, a knee injury to the starting San Francisco wide receiver and a running back in week one is basically a tradition at this point. Yeah, I mean, Elijah Mitchell, everyone, I've been asked several times how I feel about Elijah Mitchell. My answer is always, eh. Like, sure, yeah, I like him as a player, but he's not someone I'm, like, targeting where he's going at ADP. In best ball leagues, I drafted 115 underdog best ball teams. Holy goddamn. I drafted Elijah Mitchell twice in 115 teams. Like, that's how I felt about Elijah Mitchell. This really sucks, but um, he's not someone that's going to hurt my, my fantasy teams. <laughs> Michael, no one cares about your fantasy but, uh, teams. But uh, No, this is terrible, obviously. And then you got Jeff Wilson, now Esquire, as the second man up. Maybe How, Jordan Mason. Let me stop you. because That will be discussed tomorrow on the patron yeah, okay. waiver pod. That is true. So let me stop you there because the patron waiver pod is coming tomorrow. And um, you should know that they're gonna be, he's going to be discussed on that. And there's also something that I'm going to be discussing a little later on as well so stay tuned because one of the categories is going to involve um this backfield and what i think is the possibilities uh oh man this is another really really terrible one dak prescott underwent surgery for his fractured thumb on monday looking at week eight as a possible return but we saw what happened with russell wilson last year when he came back kind of the same way oh my god guys terrible help me my my hat hanger was cd lamb 
This is this is terrible news. Your hat anymore. hanger was CeeDee Lamb. Ugh, yeah. I would have give you shit for that. Why? Because CeeDee Lamb's another guy I stopped drafting so much. He was like, CeeDee Lamb this year, to me, was my Antonio Gibson from last year. That's I liked the player a lot, and then I saw his ADP go crazy high, and I was like, I can't draft him there. Man, you're, right now you are, you're going to be right by default. Yeah, by default, I'll probably be right. I hate being right by injury. <laughs> Honestly, it's, I know it's lame. I suck. It's no one wins. Happens. No one wins. But uh, <laughs> no one wins. But I hate being wrong, and you don't like being right by injury, and no one wins. But like Dak, I I wanted to. I was pissed that the Cowboys Bucks were a Sunday night game, and I was going to be on a a flight out of Vegas because I was like, damn, I really want to bet on Tampa Bay to win this game. They should have been way higher favorites than like a half point against the Cowboys. I thought, and the offense looked atrocious in the first half. Then Dak went down and. Cooper Rush is not a viable no. quarterback option. Like, the Cowboys either need to trade for someone or they may end up being, like, 0-7 by the time Dak returns. If Jimmy G? Honest. Maybe Jimmy G uh, if the 49ers don't need him. Trey Lance fucking sucks. All right, no, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. Get into <laughs> At that least later. he fucking sucked week one. I know it's a monsoon. Hey, 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 we're going to get into that later. You hold your tongue. Um, Some good injury news. There's a good chance Najee Harris will play week two. Missed a bunch of snaps last week. If you're looking at the snap count for the Steelers, you're like, oh, my God, what the hell's going on? Don't you worry. Uh, if you didn't watch the game, Najee Harris did miss some time uh, with an injury. And it looks like he's going to play in week two. So if you're counting on your workhorse, Najee Harris. Does he look like he's going to play in week two? That's what the report is. Says this Jordan Schultz. I'm not buying that at all. Jordan Schultz usually is usually on point. I'd, he I'd said bet, there's a good chance Najee Harris I'd will play I'd bet money that he's wrong. Interesting. What makes you think that? Apparently, he was in a walking boot when he left the facility yesterday. Um, the prognosis that I've seen, um, I know it was just based on a video, but they don't seem to be great. I mean, I thought it didn't look like it was going to be an injury that he just walks away from. The guy went down writhing in pain, grabbing his knee. Michael, That's not a one-week injury type thing. I mean... Najee Harris. Maybe not. That's probably my biggest fate of the year. You guys all know that by now. Yeah, but you don't want to. Again, but again, you don't fucking be right injuries. With injuries. Yeah, yeah it's, it's I want him to it. play so I could tell people, ha. Yeah, he was <laughs> he was trash when he like yesterday. Yeah. He averaged like I mean, two yards a carry. That offensive he line. He did catch a two yard touchdown. That offensive line is day. trash. Yeah, the Steelers' offensive line was also not great. Money, Mitch, being Money, Mitch. By the way. What? Just, uh, just telling you. When when push comes to shove, that's why I like Trubisky from the very beginning. When push comes he to shove, this guy has OD game winning drives in his bro, career. Bro, he had like a a two touchdown lead in the fourth quarter, and he should have ended up losing the game. But McPherson missed a thirty yard. Blar blah 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 blah. He led a game winning drive. Oh my goodness. Jesus. Um, <laughs> Keenan Allen. By the way, Michael said he would bet. Uh, Michael just came back from Vegas, and uh, my man had some success. I'm not going to say what he had because that's not gentleman of Lee, but I will say this. If Michael's betting on it, I'm trying to bet on it, too, as uh, right now. Um, Chargers. Jack, baby. Chargers. Uh, <laughs> this one sucks. Keenan Allen, hamstring, soft tissue. Ugh. Keenan Allen an old, on the older end. I think he's like 29 at this point. I got I to gotta look up his actual age, but around 29. Ugh. This one's a, this one's a hard one. Soft very tissue injury. This one's going to be – I have a feeling this one's going to be annoying all year. Yeah, it's very unfortunate, especially because it was a non-contact thing again, which you never like to see. Because it just kind of happened. Um, everyone who drafted Keenan Allen, he started the game, and you were like, yes, I have Keenan Allen, and he's doing Keenan Allen things. I mean, the guy was 3 for 60 after the first two drives, and then and then he injures his hamstring, and that was that. It's very, 
very upsetting because then you see like DeAndre Carter end up with 50 yards and a touchdown, basically running Keenan Allen routes. And uh, Keenan Allen is, is never uh, it's never fun losing one of your top three picks. Maybe no. he fell to the fourth for you or something. But either way, he's an impact player, and losing him sucks. We uh, we will let you know what we think you should do about his replacements um, on the on the podcast tomorrow. Again, that's patreon.com slash brotofantasy. There'll be more information about that following the segment. Um, Alvin Kamara, Michael mentioned that he was battling that rib issue. Um, just to be clear, it was a rib issue that kept him off the field. Um, so don't do that. Uh this is an interesting one. Speaking Monday, this is uh, according to Jane Slater on Twitter. Speaking Monday, Executive Vice President Stephen Jones uh, said that the team is evaluating all options at quarterback following Dak Prescott's hand injury, which must ha- it has to mean like we're looking at Jimmy G. I mean, it has to be that. Maybe Jimmy G. Who knows? Maybe they go after a, a Case Keenum type. Um, uh, what's the dude? A Tyler Heineke type. One of those guys, game manager type players, um, but Cooper Rush isn't going to cut it. Like, if I'm the Cowboys, they have a roster where they're trying to win now. I'm not going into it. Maybe week two because it's, it's short notice, but I'm not going into week three with Cooper Rush as my starting quarterback. No way. Joe Flacco is going to start for the Jets again. Fun. Uh, T. Higgins had a It's concussion. been announced Flacco starting week two? And more than likely, said Robert, said Robert Sala. Come on. Yo, Jamal Adams is hurt again? Looks like he got carted off. Damn, man. Which means the uh, Seahawks defense does not change one bit. Let's not let's not kick a man while he's down. We we can we can hate on Jamal when he's not getting carted off. True, true. Um, T. Higgins, uh, concussion. I don't usually we don't talk about defensive players on this on this segment, but if you drafted the Steelers defense, you probably had to draft them in like the twelfth or like the eleventh round. You had to like kind of reach for them, and uh, so. T.J. Watt is getting second and third medical options on his pec injury. Um, let's hope for the That's sake of the game yeah. Yeah, that he's not out. He's a fucking phenomenal watch. I mean, defensive player of the year, reigning. Yeah. I mean, that, that one was arguable, but still great player. Um, Mac Jones, believed to have suffered from back spasms on Sunday, which is interesting because Mac Jones actually looks like a 73-year-old man when he's out there. And he had a rough game. That was a rough game from the Patriots offense. Like, they had an opening drive. They drove down the field, ended up turning the ball over, and it was after that it was just toast, just really bad offensive performance all around. Uh, Another one was like, like Ramondre Stevenson started. Ramondre Stevenson was going like the fifth round in FFPC drafts during the main event. He started going like a sixth round in regular home leagues. It's like, what are you doing drafting Ramondre Stevenson this high? A guy who's going to split work on an offense that's not even that good. It's like, I don't know. This is why I say fantasy football, a lot of it is just common sense. Think to yourself, is Ramondre Stevenson going to really be my fifth best player? Same exact thing you ask, is Damian Pierce going to be my fifth best player? We'll talk about... We'll Highly talk about, likely no. We'll talk about we'll talk about Damian Pierce in a second. Michael has not been on the podcast in a minute, and he is steaming. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, Chris Godwin. This this sucks because week one was kind of the week of the injury discount. The guys who got an injury discount that you drafted basically all showed out. Um I was shocked that Godwin was active. Man, Godwin, he... You know, this is what happens when you play on an injury that's not quite ready yet. Hurts his hurts like, his hamstring. The now. better thing about the Chris Godwin injury is that you weren't drafting him in the second or third round, where you probably would have had to pay for him yeah. if he uh, if he didn't have that injury discount, where you could get him in the sixth or seventh round. Obviously, it's unfortunate that he's out, but 
when you drafted him, you knew there was a possibility he'd be out. The fact that it's a different injury and it's a hamstring is certainly concerning, though. Hopefully he heals up and he comes back and he's a uh, he's Chris Godwin because I mean he's a good player and the the Bucks could uh, the Bucks could use him because even their offense was a little stagnant yesterday. Yeah, big time. All right, man. I think that's uh that's good for the news. Uh, unless you think that there's anything else that we have not hit on. No, I mean I'm ready to get into the the meaty subjects. All right, guys. We have uh we have unfortunate news. Oh no, we don't. We we took it. We, we we made it happen. There's you know this might be a little bit low tech, but we're gonna do it anyway. Uh, the first segment, the we saw that coming, the stuff that we called, even though if you were Apple, you probably couldn't listen to it. Stupid Apple, come on, get your shit together, Apple. The stuff that we called and that we saw coming. Saw that coming from a mile away. Like I said, a little low tech, but we let Michael. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, see, you got caught in the Remix. trap, Michael. You got caught in the trap. No, I swiped up to close it, but uh-huh. it did the picture in yeah, picture yeah. thing yeah, instead. Yeah. Oh no, okay. So it restarted. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Anyway. All right. Uh, yeah, Mr. For some uh, reason, producer of like, this episode, maybe you should have just had it ready. All right. You can't no, play me. There's something wrong with the. the yeah, it's true. It wasn't loading. It wasn't on, loading on the computer for whatever reason. It's technical issues all over the place for it's us. Just these like past, technology this past week. is not getting with us. Anyway, uh, we are we are getting these predictions, though. Michael, who's your first prediction? Well, I mean, who's your first? Uh, Man, my first. We saw that coming. The Jefferson Cup Chase Diggs Adams extravaganza. The first round wide receiver. Oh, Here comes this guy doing absolutely doing. going off. I love Jamar Jeff uh, Justin Jefferson. I love Jamar Chase. I love the Cooper Cup. I love Stephon Diggs and I love Devontae Adams at their cost. Those are my uh my go to picks in the first round if I didn't have JT or McCaffrey um in in the uh top half of it. I like Dalvin Cook in the second half of the draft too. But otherwise, those are my picks, man. The Jeff- Jefferson absolutely went off. Diggs went off on Thursday night. Devontae Adams saw 17 targets, scored a touchdown over 100 yards. Uh, Jamar Chase should have had, could have had s- mo- two more touchdowns. One of them he caught. He was ruled down at the half-yard line. Not sure why the Bengals didn't challenge. It should have been a touchdown. Another one he tiptoed, and his second tiptoe came out slightly on the white line, which was ruled no touchdown. He, but he balled out. Like you said, T. Higgins is dealing with a concussion. Hopefully he returns soon. But if T. Higgins is out for week two, Jamar Chase might be my wide receiver one overall for the week. Um, but these five guys are just absolute, absolute, um, absolute beasts. And I don't think that's going to change the entire year. All right. Go ahead and, and, and victory lap your wide receivers. I mean, it's it's week one. I like the first round wide receivers this year and every single one of them. That's true. Absolutely went off. If you took a high round wide receiver, it's looking good after week one. That there's no way around that one. Um, I'm going to take advantage of this one because I to- I've been telling people to draft Kareem Hunt for like the better part of a month. For some reason, no one remembers who Kareem Hunt is. I get part of this. We saw that coming because I'm the one who, who like really pushed Kareem Hunt onto you in the beginning, and then you took off with them. Is that true? I don't even know if that's true. Yeah, you said on the on the Browns heat wave when I was talking about Kareem Hunt being a, a monster and being OD disrespected. You were like, oh, shit, you're right. Do you know what it is? Yeah. I and then you went off about Kareem Hunt from there forward. No, because, <laughs> no, because I was also I said right before that, I was like, I find myself drafting Kareem Hunt in every single draft. No, yeah, his ADP was he's dumb. He's just clearly the best player on the board when he's there. And he just he was going he was dropping. As the ADP season went on, he went down to RB32 by the time I drafted a lot of my teams. I have so many shares of Kareem Hunt. And specifically, I told you, if you're going to draft a guy like Brees Hall, 
then it's going to be like a week one handcuff. Because you're going to be able to get Kareem Hunt in the seventh, eighth round. He's going to be your first guy off the bench. You can you can handcuff Brees Hall with, with Kareem Hunt. And if you did that, you are very happy. Because Brees Hall has a very good profile, and I think he's going to do very well this season. But he struggled against the Ravens in his first game as predicted. So not only did I tell you about Kareem Hunt, and it's, it's, to, be, it's to be said as well that Kareem Hunt is... As, uh, I'm sorry, I, I am distracted by a Jerry Judy bomb touchdown that Russell Wilson actually underthrew, but Jerry got Judy got back and then just completely like shook three or four tackles. Yeah, that was like impressive work. 67-yard touchdown reception. As you could tell, I just lost my train of thought there. But Kareem Hunt, on the field, more snaps than Nick Chubb. And, and look, am I going to say that that's always going to be the case? No. But what I'm saying is both of these guys are going to be involved. Every single game. Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback. They are going to lean on two of the best running backs in the NFL. That is just a plain cold hard fact. And then they're going to lean on him again with Deshaun Watson is back because Deshaun Watson is not going to be have played for a year and 11 games. These guys are going to be used all year. It's, only, it's a matter of if they're hurt. They're both going to touch the ball 15 times per game. No doubt about it. Without a doubt. I'm taking Kareem Hunt 15 touches Every single day of my life. And if you listened to my advice and drafted him uh, on your teams, congratulations. Uh, that's that's great news. With that being said, Michael, who's your second? We saw that coming. This one on brand, uh, Damian Pierce. <laughs> I got into like uh, several Twitter. Oh, my God. Not arguments because I was just kind of talking and people were getting mad at me. Like, I, I, I. I, people have like such short fuses on social media. It's kind of funny. Like because I don't really don't get. To, they don't have to look at you in the face. Yeah, but like I don't get annoyed really when I get into these like Twitter arguments because I'm just kind of like stating what I think is correct, and then these other people will get mad pissed and they think I'm mad pissed and I'm just like, no, I'm chilling, man. Like I'm not. You're not bothering me. And uh, Damian Pierce was one of the guys that that happened with, and yeah, I wouldn't want to draft a early down running back on a bad team in the fifth round as a fourth or fifth round rookie. And uh, not only did he get out-carried by Rex, out-targeted by Rex Burkhead, Burkhead, he got out-carried by Rex Burkhead, and Damian Pierce played less than half the snaps that Rex Burkhead did. Just terrible, terrible news if you drafted Damian Pierce thinking you were getting some sort of workhorse from the jump. 11 carries, 33 yards. Like, Damian Pierce, just he was not helpful to you in week one. And... Uh, if it's time to hit a, the panic button on drafting Damian Pierce in the fifth round, I say hit the panic button because this is what you're going to get, man. I don't uh, think it's going to get much better. I like, think it'll I In think games it'll where he doesn't score touchdowns, he'll score a touchdown here or there, but I think he's just going to be a touchdown-dependent RB3 flex option, and that's not what you want I in mean, the that's fourth better or fifth than, round. That's better than what you got. I will say this. There's, there's some yeah, upside. Yeah, I mean, he got like five and a half points. There's a school of thought of go buy Damian Pierce right now. But there's also, there's also like Damian Pierce is going number one in Dynasty. Like startup drafts at a certain point over Brees Hall. Yeah, you know, hilarious. Like People are trading first round picks in 2023 Dynasty for, for Damian Pierce. And it's like, come on, people. It's, yeah, every, I mean, every year it happens. Every year the hype train goes out of control for someone. Uh, we told you not to draft Damian Pierce. I hope you didn't, because look, there's. This is not to saying like we're not victory lapping here. This is not to say that that Damian Pierce can't be good. He can be good, but is he going to be a ceiling player where you want him as your like Michael said, your fourth or fifth best player? 
Hell to the no. And he's not going to pay off till later. That's very clear. They don't trust him yet. So whenever they do trust to give him the keys, it's going to be a lot later on. And and by that time, you're not going to have who's supposed to be your fourth or fifth best, best player on your team. That's an issue. Um, yeah, I'm going to go on to the second one. This one was kind of chalk, but I'm going to call him out anyway. Michael Pittman. Uh, Michael Pittman, uh, I mentioned that Matt Ryan makes a, a career out of targeting his one uh, guy, and particularly against Houston in a matchup where Derek Stingley made some good plays, but he was still a rookie. He still got outclassed by Michael Pittman. 13 targets, 9 receptions, 121 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Made a, lot of bu- made a bunch of nice plays. He was my uh, smash play of the week. And he ended up smashing. So uh, Michael Pittman Jr., I know what, I'm not saying anything that a lot of people don't already know. But so I'm going to call out someone that did say something that people didn't know. And I'm going to call out our guy, Matt, right now. Uh, Matt, usually on this show, not available to come today because of some stuff that he had to take care of. But he mentioned that he has never seen a wide receiver with the collegiate profile and the draft capital that just Dehan, that sorry Jahan Dotson has be slept on so egregiously in a game against a Jacksonville secondary that's absolutely trash, and he was absolutely spot on. Uh, he was being slept on, and it was a mistake if you slept on him uh, because Matt told you to start him, and he would have been a great start. Sixteen and a half PPR fantasy, uh, half PPR points. Uh, five targets, three receptions, most importantly, the two touchdowns, looking like he's going to be involved in this offense, uh, particularly in this game he was. I wouldn't go too crazy and say like he's – well, we'll talk about him tomorrow, actually. Let me stop myself. With that being said, um, yeah, those – that was it. We do two for this category, right? Yep. Yeah, we do two for this category. Uh, <laughs> that though, aye, that aye, aye. You know, so it hasn't been – it's been a minute since we've done the Monday show, man. It's really nice to be back. It's sure. super nice to be back. All right, our second one. Uh, the surprise, surprise. This is going to be a surprise drop if you haven't heard it in a while. Uh, cover the kids' ears if you got kids listening. Uh, surprise, surprise. Things that we did not expect to happen. Surprise, motherfucker. There it is. I always, uh, I always enjoy that one. Short and sweet. Listen, we got Mainly the explicit sweet. logo on our shit. Like, we might as well take advantage of it and play some explicit shit. You know? So you, you know what you're getting when it comes to the. We're not lying to you. All right. Um. Michael, who is your first surprise surprise? Yeah, uh, my first surprise from, surprise from week one, James Robinson, bro. Coming back from the injury, I fully expected him to be uh, coming off the pup, like just missing the first four weeks of the season at the very least. he uh, It's really been a short recovery for him. We saw Cam Akers come back from an injury last season too early, and he looked terrible. But James Robinson came in week one. And absolutely dominated, man. 11 rushes for 66 yards, a rushing touchdown, and a receiving touchdown. The guy put up 19.4 points week one with Travis Etienne active. Um, James Robinson was the guy who got more carries than Etienne, and he even saw two targets himself. James Robinson was the guy who got the goal line touchdown. Like, this was absolutely terrible for Travis Etienne drafters. I'd be shaking my boots if I drafted Travis Etienne because this looks like a legit backfield 50-50 committee split where James Robinson is the preferred option. That means you drafted a 1B running back on a Jaguars offense in the third or fourth round. 
And that's why I completely faded Travis Etienne. I'm not trying to be like a prick here because I keep shouting myself Michael's out. He's a very good drafter, though. But this bro, fucking guy that always drafts my, amazing My teams. all fade list absolutely shit the bed in week one. It, I mean, it's looking great for the players that I faded just based off week one, even though it's just a completely uh, a very, very small sample. But Travis Etienne was one of those guys. And unless James Robinson gets injured, I just do not see a path to Travis Etienne being anything near what people wanted him to be because people wanted him to be CMC light, basically. And that's what they were hoping when they drafted this guy. He started going in the second round in some FFPC drafts what? as well because people are trying to shoot for upside. That's what I always say, too. Shooting for upside and drafting worse players don't go hand in hand. <laughs> like, I'd rather have the better player if, like, I'm not getting into this like again. Drafting, drafting Travis Etienne over Debo Samuel is not shooting for upside. It's drafting the worst player. Yeah, basically something like that. But, yeah, Travis Etienne is not in a good situation right now, um, largely because James Robinson looked looked great in week one, and I don't think there's any anything denying that. I mean, I guess we don't have to talk much about Travis Etienne later. He's actually in my stock down, so I kind of paired it up here with uh, James Robinson and the surprise, surprise, since they go hand-in-hand. Hand. All right, uh, two birds and one stone. I want to go with a different, like, uh, usually it's someone who did good that we weren't expecting to do good. I th- I, I'm more concentrated on someone who didn't play well that I expected to play well, and that was Kyle Pitts. Uh, when you see the, the Atlanta Falcons put up 26 points against a New Orleans defense that's supposed to be great, and Kyle Pitts is not involved at all, two for 19, that's an issue. Because, look, Kyle Pitts is a matchup nightmare, yes. And he's he's has ridiculous speed for his position, yes. The only problem is he's not really playing his position, right? He's a wide receiver. So when you put him out at wide receiver, he's not as big of an issue, I, th- I feel like, as if he was a tight end going up against linebackers. I kind of don't like the way they're using him. I know p- the fantasy consensus is like, oh, he's a wide receiver. He's split out wide. He's on the field every play. This is going to be a good thing. I think that, yes, there's a definite possibility about that, but I think people are counting their chickens a little bit too much, like, Maybe him splitting out as a wide receiver when he played tight end in college, came out as a tight end in the draft, and, you know, last year he played mostly wide receiver as well on the slot, but didn't have, like, a, he had a tremendous rookie season uh, for a tight end. But when you all of a sudden zoom out and you look at that rookie season for a wide receiver, he was Devontae Smith, right? So you have to you have to be able to – I don't know. I just don't think him playing – mostly on the outside is this great amazing thing that all these analysts are making it out to be i think that it's something that actually makes me like kyle pitts a little less i uh, i mean i'm not gonna really agree with that i mean he lines up outside because you get defensive mismatches as well when you have like a five ten corner and a six seven ginormous human you I mean, get to course. get some mismatches there and i know he had a down uh a down game in week one but he played nearly every snap like he was at 90 Eighty-eight percent of snaps. I think that's I why. So that's why he's in he, my surprise and not my stock down because yeah. I'm not out on him in any way. I know that made might have sounded like I am. I'm just a little nervous based on this game. I don't want to overreact, but like, I'm just a little. I'm a little nervous. I mean, I, I think it's gonna be all right. He had the nine nine targets, I believe, as well. Obviously, it wasn't a a good game from from him from a production standpoint, but seven targets. Seven targets. So I mean, it, it's it'll. It'll come, I think. Like I'm not a, uh, I'm not overreacting. Obviously, would have liked a better week one performance, but like, 
you you wanted a better week one performance from say Mark Andrews as well. Like sometimes a uh, player is just yeah, but Mark it's Andrews, not their game. You know, Mark Andrews played tight end last week. I'm not I'm not complaining about ginormous route participation from my tight end. Okay, Tim, that's no matter where he's lined okay, up. Okay, that's a good point. Fine, <laughs> you 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 got this. Now. All right, Michael, who's your second surprise surprise? Uh, my second surprise surprise, Devin Duvernay. Yeah, coming word. out in week one and ah. balling. Devin Duvernay was someone I started drafting a lot late in uh in best ball leagues, in the pros versus Joe's FFPC draft. Jason um followed a lot of followed a lot of my best ball rankings because um I've been doing a ridiculous amount of best ball this year. Got Curtis Samuel in the 17th round and Devin Duvernay in the 20th round, and both of them ended up in his starting lineup week one, and he's uh first place in his pros versus Joe's league after week one. Because those two guys absolutely balled out. Um, I could throw Curtis Samuel in the mix here, too, if I want. Just pair those guys up because it was a, just a great performance from both of them. Devin Duvernay scoring two touchdowns, though. It looks like he's clearly the number two wide receiver on that team. Yes, he only had four targets, um, but he caught the two touchdowns. I'm not saying you could expect this from Duvernay every game. That's why he's more in the uh, surprise, surprise section this time around. Like I'm not just going to crown him a wide receiver three or anything like that. Um, but he was a great performance and same, same goes for Curtis Samuel, who I think has a, who has more staying power as like a wide receiver three or more. Cause I mean, this guy saw 11 targets, scored a touchdown and got rushes. Curtis Samuel looked like he was a huge part of the offense and someone to certainly to keep an eye on. It's interesting because although Dotson got the touchdowns, he didn't get much work. It was really Curtis Samuel who, who got the, and that coaching staff loves him. That coaching staff has always loved him. Um, He's a good player. My second surprise, surprise, we touched on him a little before, but Carson Wentz. Have yourself a day, Carson Wentz. The man put up almost 30 fantasy points, four touchdowns, 313 passing yards, 12 rushes, uh, and a two-point conversion on a rush. Um, I think that, you know, this team, this defense is not great. And this would, I don't know, the Washington defense, I, I had them in a dynasty league and I was like so excited. And then that, right, right down the shitter. They went. Um, and he's going to have to pass the ball. And that's going to lead to some interceptions. But it's going to be fun. And he's going to throw <laughs> up some fantasy points. And I, I don't think it's out of the, the realm of possibilities that Carson Wentz is one of those surprise fantasy quarterbacks that just kind of throws up 300 yards a game, like three touchdowns, three interceptions, you know, really like puts himself – Puts himself in the problems that he has to get out of, you know. Yeah. So like I, I don't. He could be a streaming. Yeah. QB. I think he's. If a, is. I mean the uh, like like you said, Curtis Samuel's was like one of the main guys. We know Curtis Samuel's a pretty darn good football player. We know Scary Terry's a pretty darn good football player, and Jahan Dotson, as a rookie in his first game, even showed some uh, some red zone prowess, catching two touchdowns. So, Antonio Gibson played great out of the backfield. So I mean. The the offense isn't a bad offense by any means. If Carson Wentz could at least um, get the ball into the playmakers' hands. Yeah, Tim. Two more sections, brother. Let's get into the next one. It is... Oh, man, I haven't heard this drop in that long. I'm excited. It is the stock up players whose stock is rising after week one. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now... Right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John, 
our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. John, John, do you want to talk about grand slams home run, John? I'm going to go first because I've you've gone first in each one. Go for it. Starting Saquon Barkley was quite the grand slam home run yesterday. What a return for Mr. Saquon Barkley. 18 rushes for 164 yards and a rushing touchdown, including some incredible runs that he had no business breaking the, off. The two-point conversion was a tremendous run. Thank you for cutting me off the and then taking away the punchline. Michael, always, always good for uh, I like punchlines. ruining the transitions. Um, seven targets, six receptions, 30 yards, and an amazing two-point conversion. That was the greatest thing I've ever seen, Michael. <laughs> That's not true. Well, not the greatest thing ever, but you know. Uh, yeah, Saquon was absolutely amazing. He looked every bit as good. Brian Dayball, man, he had a good debut. And he did. Uh, that was a good win by the Giants. They played gritty, uh, and they rode Saquon. And they're probably going to continue riding him until the wheels fall off. I think that's the thing with, with Saquon. You worry about his injury issues, right? It's the same thing with Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. These guys were the number one pick three years ago, number one and number two. They were number one and number two the year after that. And then last year, kind of people were... Christian McCaffrey was still the number one. People were kind of fading off Saquon to the end of the first round. And now both of these guys, they they would have been number one and number two regardless. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey stayed number one. But I don't know why the the sentiment stayed number one for Christian McCaffrey and didn't stay number one for Saquon. I guess he was he number a, one. He had a he had a less than I, I guess he had less than one less than stellar year. Uh, but besides that, man, Saquon Barkley, good to see him back. His stock is definitely on the rise. If you got him in the second or third round this year, you must be absolutely – like you might be Certainly having championship dreams when you wake up. A very good start yeah, for Saquon. I mean, to be to say the least, 30 fantasy points in half PPR. Michael, uh, who's your first stock up? But That's also what I'm saying, man. If you draft the Jamar Chase, say like seventh and then Barkley on the way back – Better than drafting like Derrick Henry seventh is all I'm saying. Uh, my first stock I up mean, this year. This year, my first stock up, Cordero Patterson, baby. Hot damn! Did he have a tremendous week one? Do you remember the last time there was a 100 yard rusher against the Saints? I think it was. I'm. Pr- I don't have the exact numbers, but we say it every year. Oh, nobody runs for over 100 yards against the Saints. Oh yeah, that's true. It's 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 uh. It's been a few, like, seasons. It's been, like, I think it's been over, like, 20 games. I'm actually going to I'm gonna Google this while you talk. Go yeah, ahead. Cordero Patterson got 22 attempts, ran for 120 yards against the Saints, um, scored a touchdown as well, five targets, three receptions, 16 yards. Tyler Algier, who everyone on, uh, on Twitter thought would be the fifth-round pick who steals work, and, you know, Algier could be the early down back for the Falcons, similar to, like, a... The Damian Pierce hype train, but not as far. He was a healthy scratch, which means they were willing to go into the game with Cordero Patterson and Damian Williams as their running back options. Damian Williams ended up getting hurt, ended up just being straight up Cordero Patterson the entire game for the most part. And Cordero Patterson really made the most of the opportunity and just over 100 yards and a touchdown on the on the ground. And Cordero Patterson is someone who was going super late in drafts. Um, another reason why zero RB drafts can be viable if you draft correctly. I mean, you look at Antonio Gibson, Kareem Hunt, and Cordero Patterson. Rashad Penny is running well right now, too, during a Monday night game. It's been a, it's a good day for some late-round running backs as well. And Cordero Patterson, if he continues to get this type of workload, 
he's going to make his ADP look silly because he's he's a top 15 option if he's going to get 25 touches a game. So the streak was actually broken by the Eagles. It was 55 games in 2020. Well, the Eagles did it combined, no? Um, I believe it was Miles Sanders who did it. Oh, Miles Sanders did it. Okay. And then, so then it was done by that, and then they've been really good since then, but it's not like a streak or nothing. Gotcha. Like since then. But, yeah, but yeah that's one of the hardest teams to run for over 100 yard against over the last several seasons. And yeah. for Daryl Patterson did it. Speaking of Miles Sanders, what a great transition. Hey, My stock up is Miles Sanders. Now, you might look at the box score and say, yes, um, they split carries there. And there's three different running backs that got a rushing touchdown. But he touched the ball 15 times. And I want the guy in that backfield because that is going to be a very dangerous rush offense. Like, I think Jason is the one that said this in um, in the, the heat wave, or maybe it was you, Michael, where it's like, I just want a piece of e- the Eagles. Like, the Eagles are going to be a high-powered offense well, I mean, Sanders' ADP was super disrespectful too for someone who's going to be a lead running back a lot of these people got get get burned by players in the past and they don't want to touch them anymore and they see the outlook of the offenses and they just they're like eh, i'd rather not but then you get guys like miles sanders and ceh falling to the eighth ninth round as lead guys in dynamic offenses and it doesn't really make much sense and both of them had tremendous week ones I think Miles Sanders even more than CH because CH may have had the, the touchdowns, but he only touched. Yes, the ball I 10 mean times. Sanders. Sanders has uh, looked great, and Sanders has been like super efficient his entire career. Yes, he just really hasn't been, gotten the work. He's been good. We, we, uh, by the way, like we use the word efficient because it's like correct, but like when we say efficient, we just mean good. Yeah, like, I mean I don't think you can be. He's playing the best. He's yeah. getting the most yards for two years. He's been one of the most efficient running backs in all of the NFL. So I don't think – and now in, into week one, he was equally as efficient. So as long as he's getting the touches, yeah, there might be touchdown issues. Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell both scored one-yard touchdown rushes as well. But as long as he's being the lead, getting the touches, the lead back in that backfield, he's going to be valuable. I also think that, you know, the touchdown streak is over. He didn't have a touchdown last year. Yeah. So that's that's – I'm glad that that monkey's off the back right away. So I think that's another reason why that's another reason why I'm down with Miles Sanders is because that monkey's now off his back. Uh, I, I feel good about it. I, I have a lot of Miles Sanders as well. I'm not gonna lie because of his ADB just being so low. Like I'm going into the season with Miles Sanders and Kareem Hunt on so many benches, it's fucking ludicrous. Like I I I don't even know. It's like I don't even know how that happened. All right, let's go into the next stock up, Michael. Who's your second stock up? My second stock up is uh, Joe Mixon. Look, Joe Mixon is a player that we've hated on in the past, and uh, rightfully so because we've been right about him several times. But you have to change uh, change your thoughts about players based on circumstances. And Joe Mixon, I like this year at his uh, at his ADP. I ended up drafting him in our home league, for example, in the second round, uh, pick like 16 or 17 or so. 27 rush attempts against the Steelers, only 82 rushing yards. Um, but he also had nine targets, seven receptions, and 63 yards. If Joe Mixon is going to be getting this type of workload on this dynamic of an offense, he is going to be a very good fantasy asset. I mean, he put up 18 half PPR fantasy points without scoring a touchdown. Um, you don't get 20. Excuse me. You don't get 34 opportunities from a single player very often, and that's what Mixon had in Week One. And 
Uh, it's not like it's going to go anywhere. This is the Bengals' offense. They want to employ Joe Mixon early and often. They have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and company. It's a great offense. It's going to put up big numbers, and Joe Mixon is right in the heart of that. Michael, they employ they employ Joe Mixon throughout the whole game. They deploy him 30 times a game, but they employ him the whole time, even not when, even when he's not playing. You know who's not employed? You. That's a bad. You're fired. I wish. I wish I was, bro. You're off this podcast. You're fired. I'm just back in the classroom for the last three. I've had three classes so far, and yo, not having a job is so much better than having a job. It's way better. Imagine you just get paid a salary for not working. That's what people who like (laughs) own property do. That's true. That's why you know. That's the plan. That's the plan, kid. All right, let's go to the the next. Uh, my next guy, Amon Ross St. Brown. Now, he didn't have a, a tremendous game. Eight catches for 24 yards and and, and uh, receiving touchdown. But Amon Ross St. Brown is my stock up because he got 12 targets. This Detroit defense sucks. And they are going to be trailing a lot. And this offense does not suck. This offense is rather dynamic. I lo- I think Ben Johnson, by the end of the season, you're going to see Ben Johnson in the in the talk for maybe getting a head coaching position next year. I think that he's taking, he's doing a lot with a little with the Detroit Lions. He's putting people in the in, the, in chances to succeed. And Amon Ross St. Brown is going to continue to be peppered with targets over and over and over and over again. Now his A dot is going to be low, and they're not going to be super high leverage. Like if you're in a uh, league that gives big play bonuses, maybe Amon Ross St. Brown's not your guy. But if you're in a PPR league and you need a wide receiver too, he's going to be as consistent a wide receiver too as there is. And and I think that all the people who are fading. Speaking of Twitter, I had a little back and forth someone on Twitter about this. All the people that were fading Amon Ross St. Brown will say, well, when he was getting 40% of the targets, it's because TJ Hawkinson and uh, DeAndre Swift are out. Well, in case you were wondering, I'm not, I don't want him to get 40% of the targets. I don't need him to get 40% of the targets. Do you know why he doesn't need 40, Michael? Because those guys were on the field. Plus, they added DJ Chark, plus do, do, whatever. Do, 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 do. And Amon Ross St. Brown still got 84% of the snaps and 32% of the targets. I will take that all day, every day. Thank you very much. I'm going to the bank with 32% of the targets. I don't even expect him to get 32%. I would imagine he rests somewhere at 25%, which means one of every four throws that are coming out of Jerigoff's hands while the Lions are chasing 35 points a game is going to go to Amon Ross St. Brown. I will take that to the bank. Thank you very much. Stock showing, up. Showing some love to the sun god. I, we lo- in, uh, I love the same. One of my favorite things to watch on Sunday was I was watching Red Zone, and then I saw Amon Ross score a touchdown, and I was I still was up, like, fist pumping because I have Amon Ross St. Brown on, like, five ten, to ten teams. And, like, I was fist pumping, and then Equinemius St. Brown scored a, a touchdown yeah, right after. Is. The St. Brown brothers, three minutes apart from each other, scoring touchdowns. Pretty freaking cool, man. Um, no, I, when we were, I was in Vegas this past week, like I said, I was there, I, like, working vigorously during the day for most of the time. And I brought Jason and a friend with me to work as well. And we'd be in there during the day for, like, most of the day. So we'd try to peek out every now and then just to get some sun. And we started saying, let's go pay our respects to the sun god whenever we wanted to go outside. So... <laughs> Shout out to Amon Ross St. Brown because he's also the sun god. Paying my respects. 
All right, that was the story. Uh, I wasn't expecting that to go that way. I'm not going to lie. I'm happy it did. Michael, who's your last uh, stock up? Yeah, uh, My last stock up is Antonio Gibson, who I briefly touched on as well. Um, look, after the uh, very unfortunate injury to Brian Robinson, um, Antonio Gibson's ADP did not move. And I was very confused. Like, I told my brothers, and I said it on a podcast. I didn't um, tweet it or anything because you get people who uh, – it was funny. Someone asked me, like, oh, where would you say this? Um, it was actually Themi. He's like, where'd you say this, man? I thought, I thought it was in a tweet. And I was like, it's in a podcast, but people, everything needs to be in a tweet these days because people don't want to, people don't want to actually, uh, I mean, what's the, I mean, that's not the case right now. If you're listening yeah, to these that, words, if you're listening to the, so. if you're, to the words, yeah, but I'm saying that's what people, that's what people look back on for, uh, for receipts. That's the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Like if I tell, if I tell people like, oh, this is what I said about Antonio Gibson. They're like, where's the tweet, bro? You didn't say it. I'm like, listen to this podcast, you asshole. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Antonio Gibson, um, he looked great in this in this past game. Um, he was the main guy in that commander's backfield by far. 14 rushes, 58 yards. And even better, eight targets, seven receptions, and 72 yards. Eight targets, seven receptions, and 72 receiving yards. The number one highest rated uh, receiving back on PFF this week. Um, yeah. tip, like I was a big J.D. McKissick guy, right? Yeah. You know that. J.D. McKissick only had three targets. Um, J.D. McKissick still played a little bit, but it was it was the Antonio Gibson show, and I don't think it's going to change going forward. He looks like he could absolutely crush at ADP right now um, if he continues to play the way he did in week one. Sometimes, you know, fate it like plays tricks, and so maybe some sometimes maybe Antonio Brown just needed a little bit of a he needed to lose his job in order to really like gain his job. If you if you feel if you feel what I'm jiving. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, and we are. We are, you know, we, you know, we're sometimes we're Jets fans, so we have a little masochist in us. We enjoy a little pain, so that's why we end every single time. We end with the stock down, guys. That um, stocks are down. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. Uh, I remember when I was, I remember when that was scary um, last year at this time when the stock market was doing phenomenal. Um, And then it became reality. Yep. And now this is the reality we live in. Uh, with that being said, Michael, what is your first stock down? Uh, my first stock down, now that we're ending on a somber note as always, Travis Etienne, who I touched on earlier, um, so I'm not going to get into it much. I'm, probably, I'm just going to pass it back to you, Tim, because no need to to just say what I already said. Every year, there's always a mediocre running back. Damien Pierce. For some reason, had the loyalty of a coaching staff. Despite his mediocrity, that I think I know who this is. A new coaching staff comes in, and that running back gets displaced. And I think that we have two running backs that both had bad weeks that are both going to fit that mold. And that is two guys that I told you to not draft at all: Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery. They're my stock down right now. David Montgomery. He will see the field because Khalil Herbert is a one-dimensional back. But the reason why you got David Montgomery in the past is because David Montgomery played every snap. And David Montgomery only played two-thirds of the game. 
and he did not get the goal line work. It was it was Herbert who got the goal line snap, who got the goal line touchdown. I am nervous if I am a David Montgomery uh, holder. What are, we, what are we calling it these days? Drafter? Dra- Drafty. Uh, if I have a share. Rosterer. If I have a share of David Montgomery. I am – I'm shook. And Josh Jacobs, I think this one you can see from coming from a mile away. Uh, David Montgomery at least played uh, about 60% of the snaps. Josh Jacobs barely played over 50% of the snaps. Like, Josh Jacobs is a part-time player now. And if you are interested in a part-time player for that backfield, particularly Josh Jacobs, who hasn't done anything efficient in the last two years, like, he's been the anti-Miles Sanders. He's been the, the least efficient. I say this all the time. No one seems to know this stat. I never hear this stat besides myself. Josh Jacobs has not had to play over 30 yards in two seasons. Gross, man. Two seasons. And it's almost during, unbelievable. And during this time, his backups had done it multiple times. Devontae Booker, shout out. Devontae Booker did it four times one year, two years ago. Last the year, same though, backfield. no. No, he, Devontae Booker was a giant last year. Hmm. Um, but his backups did. I think Kenyon Drake did it a few times last year. So there's, oh, man. It's, it's just, it's gross out there. And I think these new coaching staffs have absolutely no connection to them. And the loyalty has gone. And I think that's bad news for these mediocre running backs. I got loyalty. Let me also add um, stock down for Cam Akers and stock up for Daryl Henderson. We forget about the Thursday game sometimes because it's so far from the Sunday games. Just want to throw that out there, too. Daryl Henderson looks like the guy there, which is... Well, I should tell you that we are not actually done. We just started. So we could totally work that in without you just saying, by the mm. way. Mm. See, me and Tim don't share notes because we don't <laughs> like the we like to surprise each other. And maybe I that maybe that's one of my guys. You know, I I was stupid enough to forget about it. I thought you would be stupid enough to forget about it. I too, totally was. Because you're way stupider than don't I. Don't get me wrong. Yes, totally, totally, <laughs> definitely. You're right about that. Uh, but didn't still. So you didn't have them on your list. No. All right. So I was right. But we could have like worked them in. Like, without, like, a by the way when we have six eh. guys to talk about, and I just finished talking about the first guy. Eh. <laughs> Go ahead, Michael. Stop um, after Travis Etienne, another guy I touched on. I guess I'm just touching on the uh, the shittier games today already. Uh, Kadarius Tony, Oof. two rush attempts, 23 yards, zero targets, seven snaps versus the, t- versus the tight ends, 12% snap share. After, uh, after guys like Richie James and David Sills? Like, Richie James played 70% of snaps. David Sills played 45% of snaps. Sterling Shepard coming back off injury played 72% of snaps. Kenny Galladay was around 70% of snaps. It's just, it's like, yo, come on, man. Like, there there has to be some sort of real issue here for Kadarius Tony not to be on the field um, for this amount of time. But this is also why I faded Kadarius Tony this year. Because everyone was just... <sighs> Everyone just acting like Kadarius Tony was this star out of nowhere because he had a high yards per out run in four games last year where he was actually active and healthy as basically the only pass catching option on that team during that time. There's nothing false about that. Yeah. And now they, they drafted Wandell Robinson, who's a new uh Brian Dable coming in, new new coach. And the guy plays seven percent of snaps week one. It's just Certainly concerning. I'd be shocked if it doesn't increase. Um, but if it maybe maybe they just don't like Kadarius Tony, and maybe he just isn't playing well enough to earn time on the field too. 
Like, we can't just expect Kadarius Tony to get work if he's not producing or working hard in practice and such. We never know what's really happening behind closed doors. Um, so, I'm not cutting Kadarius Tony just in case it was one of those, like, one of those games where it was like, you have to earn your way, son. And then he uh, he plays more in week two. But week two is going to be very, very telling for Kadarius Tony, I think. My first stock down. I mean, my second stock down. The entire Jets offense until Zach Wilson gets his ass back in the field. Watching Joe Flacco play is fucking atrocious. And I'm a Jets fan. I've watched bad quarterbacks play all the time. I, like, only know what bad quarterback play looks like. I was upset about uh, Elijah Moore's game. Joe Flacco's the worst, bro. The worst. It's not even the fact that he is, like, inaccurate or doesn't have a good arm. It's just that everything is four yards from the line of scrimmage. Over and over and over and over. And every time this guy takes a risk, it's like a, I don't know, man. He plays old. He's just I mean, not, it's, he's not it's, a starting quarterback in the NFL. It's super old Joe Flacco. I don't, I don't think it's like, I don't know why people were actually like excited about it. Like people were like, yeah, Elijah Moore's going to ball with Joe Flacco. Like, bro, no, we need Zach Wilson in at quarterback. I said weak because I'm a Jets fan. That comes out sometimes. But the Jets need Zach we Wilson. We as a fantasy community. That too, as a fantasy community. We, the fantasy community slash Jets fan self, <laughs> need Zach Wilson at quarterback to see if this offense could do something. Because, yo, the Jets have weapons, man. Like, Michael Carter looked good on the ground. Brees Hall, he, he was iffy. He did lose a fumble as well, but it was his first game as a rookie, and he, he was pretty effective as a pass catcher as well. And yet, Elijah Moore looked good. Corey Davis looked good. Garrett Wilson looked Corey twitchy Davis. as shit. Corey Davis is a big drop every single game on a third down. I mean, I mean, Corey I cannot, Davis... Look, I cannot with this fucking guy. Look, I'm not complaining about... Corey Davis right now, who is my highest rostered best ball pick, and he went 6 for 77 in week one. That's what I've been trying to tell people. Like, he shouldn't have been going in the 20th round or 18th round in best ball drafts. But, anywho, that's besides the point. He should have um, went 7 for 90. But he went 6 for 77, which is a, better than a lot of other players. Um, but they also threw 59 times, which is not ideal. So, it's like, look, I really, really hope this offense could get going because I mean, the offensive line didn't even play that bad either. I think it was just straight up just bad quarterback play the entire way. And just so many dumb, 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 dumb mistakes by the Jets as well. Hopefully they get those cleaned up. But I don't know if I'd be completely avoiding the Jets for now. Like maybe even buy low a little bit on Elijah Moore um, if someone's really panicking about it. But I'd stay I, I mean, I guess if you can if you can withstand it, but I'd try my best to stay away. How about this? Like I'd consider like if someone needs a running back and you need a wide receiver, like a Cordero Patterson for Elijah Moore type trade. All right. I'd, I'd do that. I think that's kind of buying low on Elijah Moore, even though Cordero Patterson, like, if he continues this, the way he's been playing, he's going to be a steal at ADP. But, like, a week ago, they were very different. Interesting question in ADP. is, if you have C.D. Lamb, are you trading him? I'm selling him, more than likely. Depends who I get, but. I'm going to try to sell him if I have him. It's going to be pretty far. Like, there's a lot of people you would, you would probably take for him one-on-one, one-for-one. Yeah. Oof, man. I, I completely sold out to get this a C.D. Lamb Dak stack in a six-point touchdown Superflex Dynasty League, and my team is not. It's, it's looking like uh, someone who acquired my first-round pick is going to have uh, a pretty good pick. Yeah. Um, Let me finish off my last stock down, will you? Yeah, go ahead. You just you. By the way, if if you're like what Tim didn't do his, it's because Michael completely hijacked my stock down. 
Yeah, my stock down here is Aaron Jones. And, and then and then he was like, no, no, Tim, don't finish your thought. I'm just going to go on to my next one. I don't want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> Look, I'm shouting out Aaron Jones here in a negative way because five rushes and five targets on the day for Aaron Jones. Really perplexing. Not ideal, especially when A.J. Dillon, who I faded this year, the only guy on the fade list, really, that actually had a good week one. Um 10 rushes, 45 yards, 6 targets, a rushing touchdown, 5 yards. Excuse me, 5 receptions, 46 yards through the air. It was basically an even split between Dylan and Aaron Jones snap-wise, but Dylan got more work. Dylan got the uh, the goal line work as well. This is not what I wanted. Again, it was a blowout. I want to see the Packers in a game where it's not a blowout this season and see how the split goes yeah. because I discussed this last season as well. A.J. Dillon played... A lot of snaps in games where they led by a ton. Um, I thought a lot of it was the fact that they didn't want Aaron Jones getting uh, getting you know overworked before playoff time. Week one is an odd time for this to happen. Um, so it does seem like it's going to be more of just a straight-up even split this year. But I'm curious to see how week two goes. But I certainly, I certainly got to stock down Aaron Jones at the moment. Very curious to see how they play against the Bears next week. But... Uh, not not good. I my last stock down is a stock down, but it's more of a this is an overreaction and buy this stock because it's too low right now. And Michael already mentioned it, so he might give me an issue about this. My stock down, but buy the stock right now is Trey Lance. Interesting. Uh, here's why. There's two reasons. One of them is theory. One of them is fact. Fact. There was a typhoon. Typhoon. All right, dude. The neither offense could get going. Honestly, the Bears won that game on like a ridiculously broken play. Which credit to it was Justin a very Field. ugly game. Credit credit to Justin Fields. He made it happen with his legs that play, which is the reason why. Like, like they say, like you can't get lucky without preparing to get lucky first, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, where was I here? I completely lost my train of thought. Let me let me just add while you remember what you were saying. Trey Lance, though, like Trey Lance. Like, I know that Trey Lance, it was a monsoon and all that stuff. Like, I get that. I'm not saying... Are you they, already refuting? I'm not saying I he should have... I haven't even said my thing yet, and you're refuting saying, it right. But, like, all because there's a monsoon doesn't mean you can't make a screen pass. All right. Like, it was he also, missed a screen to Debo Samuel. Also, Shit like that. It's like... It was also his... Come on, it, man. First of all, yes, it does. And, and secondly, it was his first game. I think... All right, so... Look, he's not going to be that bad again. It was a monsoon. I think this offense is is set up for him to succeed. And right now, people are panicking. They might even drop him. I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Lance is one of those guys no, that I wouldn't a lot drop of people him. drop. Well, and I'm talking about home leagues where people don't really know what they're looking at, don't really know what Look, they have. I'm just... Hold on, man. Hold on. Because there's a second <sighs> part of this. And the reason we like Trey Lance, even if he might be struggling from the, from the air, I will remind you that Jalen Hurts... The QB2 overall last season threw 16 touchdowns. I'll remind you of that. Elijah Mitchell is down. And everyone's first reaction is, let me go get Jeff Wilson, which might be good advice. Tune in tomorrow. But what it is, as well, is that theory is based on the past when Jimmy G was in. And... I don't think that it's going to be just that simple where someone is taking Elijah Mitchell's job 
and is going to be a running back. Because right now what you're looking at is Trey Sermon's not on the roster anymore. You have Tyrion Davis-Price, who was a, a healthy scratch. And you have Jordan Davis. Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason, excuse me. Who Jordan Mason, it's not even guaranteed that he was even on the roster to play. He was a third running back. Usually that is a special teams assignment. So we don't know, we don't know where that's coming from. We don't know where, what the backfield is going down. So why would Kyle Shanahan not put the ball in Trey Lance's hand for 10 rushes, 15 rushes a game? To take to take that. Why wouldn't he hand the ball to Debo ten times a game to take the pressure off that backfield? So if I had to make a, a, a bet on this backfield, I would say yes, it's gonna be Jeff Wilson who's gonna be the guy. But that doesn't mean that Jeff Wilson's gonna have so much more work than he would have had otherwise. Because I think it's the it's Trey Lance who's going to benefit from this. And it's Debo Samuel who's gonna benefit from this. Because this is a new look team. This is a whole new offense. So I'm buying Trey Lance because of the of the Mitchell injury as well, because I think that's going to open up a lot of opportunity for him. Michael, now no, I you hear can you. refute. I mean, me. I get it. I get the huge rushing appeal. I also just think Trey Lance needs to be way better of a passer, man. Like Trey Lance needs to pass the ball accurately and like a at least a mediocre NFL quarterback for him to keep this job. I was also the one who thinks they didn't keep Jimmy they keeping Jimmy G around is disrespectful. Like it's disrespectful to Trey Lance if you actually think he's the guy because you're basically saying, "Eh, I don't really know if you're the guy. We're going to keep around our backup who we know can get us to the playoffs because he's done it before." If the 49ers start 0 3 and Trey Lance has two more games where he can't hit a receiver, I wouldn't be surprised if Jimmy G is named the starter. I don't think it's just I, I I don't think it's just a, a gimme that Trey Lance is the full season starter and week one, yes it was a monsoon I get that I'm gonna give him a little bit of a a little bit of a pass because of that, but he was still atrocious through the air, and obviously monsoon, but we'll see how week two goes because this is what happened last year too, he was atrocious through the air without monsoons. I mean. Both quarterbacks were atrocious through the air. Justin Fields completed nine passes. Don't get me started with him either. That guy is also it so It was overrated. a monsoon, Michael. Yeah, but Justin Fields is also mad overrated. Bro, they, they jumped they jumped into the end zone when the game was over. That was it, tremendous. It looked like a fucking that was water so cool. slide. Yeah, that was great. Bro, how could you play in that? <sighs> Whatever, man. I'm just saying they he needs to play better. Michael. I don't think that's debatable. Finish this off. I mean, that's it. I already oh, gave you all three. Done? Yeah, oh, we're done. Okay. We're done. We're done, so we're over here. Fun fact, I once coached Michael's Little League football team, I mean a youth football team, on a field that literally had ice on it. Ice everywhere. And we still busted that ass in an undefeated season. True that. To the point where the coach literally wanted to fight us when we were done. I remember cutting my knee on that damn ice, too. That's how bad we beat their ass is that they wanted to fight us after the game was over. and. I was like 18 years old coaching that team, and he was like a grown ass, like 40 year old, like man. Yeah, that was funny. Anyway, at the time it wasn't very funny, but now thinking no, back, no, at on the it, time it wasn't funny. funny because we're 18, and this fucking guy's talking about like like doing serious harm to us. Yeah, and like he's he's like a big dude, and like we were gonna take everyone out for pizza, and then all the parents got shook, and then like we were like, oh man, like like, and we didn't go out for pizza afterwards to celebrate the victory. 
because all the parents were like shook of this guy who was you know he was into, he was into funny business in the neighborhood he was he was like kind of like a known guy for that kind of thing so it was like yeah. people were first scared <laughs> of him <laughs> fucking but we beat that ass if you're listening yes we did beat that ass I'm gonna I'm gonna say that from here behind the microphone where it's safe. Uh, th- th- that's all folks Michael where can they find you at Brodo FF Mike at Brodo FF Tim at Brodo FF Jason at Brodo FF Casanova uh, at Psych Ward FF at Brodo Fantasy at Fantasy Football by Brodo App Download the fantasy football app. Don't forget uh, to do that if you didn't already. If you're you're missing the best tool in, in fantasy, if you don't have the Roto app. So uh, if you're listening to this and you already have it, like shame on you. Come on, I did this. True that. Later, we'll see. Oh, we'll see you on again tomorrow. Patreon episode, waiver wire episode, the most important web episode we put out. Then on Thursday night, going into Friday morning, late night. You know how we do. We drop late nights. Late night. We are going to have week the preview. week two preview for you. Hopefully, Michael and Matt on that preview. We will see how it, how it play, shakes out. I'll be there. See you then, or I'll see you at another time. Michael will be there. Yes. Uh, I'll be there. Michael, you want to hijack the ending here? So I'll be there. Oh, I think we could just uh, say deuces to the fam. You're- Michael, uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, How do you feel about, like, just in general, croissants? Croissants?